You're now listening to The Alternative Idiots, where facts don't matter. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Alternative Idiots. It's Fran, yeah boy, and I'm being joined by the greatest. We have the Kid Castro. Here. How you doing? I'm good, bro. We have the... He was written by Stanley himself, the marvelous Steve. Marvelous. Yeah. Let's play on words. And we are coming to you live from DLC Studios. The 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 the, 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 the you know is the is the underdog studios of of, uh, of New York that are coming up, and we're one of them. Yep, all the way uptown, all the way. There we go, uptown revolution, baby. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have a sensitive topic today. We have a case that we are very interested in, something that we're following. It's something that we really wanted to speak to you about because we wanted to not only give our opinions, but also kind of give you the facts so that you can make your own opinion on, on, on what this is. Um, and also, it could affect you someday. You never know. It could. It could. Uh, we wanted to speak to you about the murder of Karina Vitrano. Um Karina Vitrano was a 30-year-old woman uh, jogger that went out uh, running. Yeah, on August 2nd. On August 2nd. She went jogging to Spring Creek Park in Howard Beach uh, in Queens. And uh, she was attacked and murdered. And possibly sexually assaulted. And possibly sexually assaulted. Actually, but before we get into the details of of uh, the events that occurred, what are the what, how how do we what were the facts at the beginning of it? Well, from what we understand is that she was she had DNA found in both fingerprints, but there was also like strangulation marks on her neck, mm-hmm. and basically she was beaten, either him behind the head by like a blunt force mm-hmm. um, or an object, and. She basically ended up dying by the puddle of water that she was left face down. Right. And, and her father was the one that found her late at night, like around 10, 11 o'clock at night. Right, right. So let's also give some details on the father. He is a retired uh, FDNY. Mm-hmm. He uh, is a person that usually goes out jogging with his daughter. He's usually the person that's with her on these uh, he, on these runs. Jogs. Um, but he was suffering from like chronic back pain, so he wasn't able yeah, to join her that day. This day, he wasn't able to join her. She she went by herself, and um, after he noticed that she didn't come back after a while, he like went. He sent, he sent like a multiple text messages. Mm-hmm. She didn't respond. He ended up calling one of his um, NYPD friends. Right. Um, they put a, like a search team together. They went to the park, and he's actually the first person to find her. Right. And that's when you know everybody gets called in. They're like, "Hey, it's a police, as a, it's a crime scene. You have to step aside." And he's like, "No, I want to take her home." Right. But you know, everything is handled, and well, the effort, NYPD well, searches and searches for a long time. Well, at first they thought there was two. They were looking for two buff white males. Right. That was what they they assumed were the the suspect the suspects, and after that. Um, nothing happens. Right. That it just stales. The, the nothing's going on for six months. Right. And the reason, one of the big reasons this case blew up so much is because also another jogger in Boston was murdered at the same time frame. Mm-hmm. So this is why it became a big thing. You know, women are getting attacked. Right. You know, just because they're going out running, being fit. You know, a thing that nobody should be scared about doing. No, definitely. I mean, running especially is something that a lot of people do, uh, especially healthy. a lot of New Yorkers. We they they stay fit by running. Uh, we have a lot of beautiful scenery, and it's something that we just like to do so it's nothing 
that you should be attacked for. Yeah. So pretty much what happens at that point, um, nothing goes on for six months. Right. Nobody knows that. And one of the detectives I was working on it, um, Detective John Russo, um, he suddenly remembered a stop and fix that happened eight months right. back. So basically two to three months before the actual murder happened, he remembers uh, a suspect, mm-hmm. somebody else. He was driving around. He was off duty. Remembers a young black male. Mm-hmm. How he describes it in, in the police call is dark skin because he wasn't sure if they were black or Hispanic. Right. He says they're a dark skin guy with hoodie on, walking back and forth from the street mm-hmm. on, I think it was 155th Avenue and 87th Street, around that area. He was walking back. He said he kept stopping, looking at, at the yards. So he called in this. Right. And, you know, dispatch got to him. And that, that was Chanel Lewis at the moment. Right. Uh, yeah, Chanel Lewis is the suspect. That, that they ended up arresting afterwards. But the thing is that the detective remembered this after being on the case for six months. Mm-hmm. So that's when he recalled this, and then that's when they were able to go and find him. Right. So actually, before we go into the details of who Chanel Lewis is and um, and how the events occurred, we, we have to uh, emphasize how for uh, a very long time, there were no leads. For, the, mm-hmm. for a very long time... They just knew that is based on the DNA that they retrieved was that it was a black man. Mm-hmm. After they, after they, after their first assumption that it was two buff dudes. Um, now, for a long time, they were they were looking, they were looking, they were looking, and nothing was being found. And yeah. the NYPD was under a lot of pressure to have some type of results. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when we have Chanel Lewis walking. Yeah. Um... Well, Chanel Lewis, you know, he he's from he lives from East New York. He graduated from a, a school from of learning disabilities, which is something you know we should take account also. And also, one thing that people that people don't notice is that his father's not in the picture. Right. A lot of the, uh, especially in the recent case, and that's just because his father's in a nursing home already, mm-hmm. suffering from dementia. Mm-hmm. So there's that there's a little mental aspect there. There's a little bit of family history there. If you're already looking at the father with dementia. Mm-hmm. The son's already graduating from a school of learning disabilities, so that there's something there, right, and we'll right. get back. We'll come back to that in a little right. bit as we get more details into this. So when Lewis gets ar- gets arrested and is taken into the interrogation room, he first refuses to answer any questions about the case. He's feeling uncomfortable, so he asks that can he call his parents, you know, because right. he's by himself at this moment. The cops say shortly, you know, you'll get you'll get to talk to them. Um, the defense case of Lewis says that, that this never happened. Right, you know, there was never a phone call. The parents never got called. But that um, is also a very important detail. Yeah, because we, we we'll, we'll, whether whether or not he was affected by being able to make that phone call is an important detail that we'll come back to. Yeah, Lewis was placed inside of a holding cell. Um, and all he did was watch cartoons, didn't get to any sleep, mm-hmm. and you know he never got to talk to his parents. The, right. the, and also, this is the first time, at least what the defense says, is that he ever slept away from his parents. Like right. this is the first time this ever happened. And when you think about it, this situation of having the NYPD come over, uh, uh, getting arrested, being questioned for for a long period of time, being thrown into a cell, not being able to sleep because you're for your parents. This whole thing is a very scary situation. Um, you have to also keep in mind the effects that that could have on your nerve, on on your yeah, and decisions, al- on the way you answer. And also, like think about it, like this is the first time you're away from your parents, right? So you don't know how to react. You, you know you. Exactly. Now the people around you become the authority because that's how you're trained. Right. You're, you're, Mentally, you're like, okay, the the cops are the authority. 
you should listen to what they're telling you so he stays quiet for such a long time so after like seven hours you know like six like just waiting in the holding cell after everything was done there was those there's multiple sources that say different things right now so they're saying that with when he first got questioned he said that he didn't want to talk to any white detectives right he didn't want to talk to anybody white so he might have a prejudice against anybody that's white mm-hmm. which shows that maybe that's why he attacked this woman but then after that after he's been put in the holding cell for so long detective barry brown he comes and claims that lewis approached him right saying that he wanted to change change his life and he's sorry for what he did but there's actually no evidence of that also so it's also like a it's a lot of hearsay she said you know he said she said in the story because that's you have one detective saying, oh, this kid approached me and talked about this, but there's no actual physical evidence of that either. Right. It's, just, it's just hearsay now. Yeah. And I'm just throwing this out there, my opinion. Um, you know, it, in my opinion, maybe he was coerced during this time to maybe um, get the story straight. Maybe um, yeah, cause they maybe gave him some details on what could have happened if he was, if he confessed, if he didn't confess, what would have happened maybe if this thing went to a long trial or not. Maybe maybe someone gave him a few details that he should have known, which might have coerced. But that's just my opinion. And uh, I don't know the, if that's actually a thing. I mean, that, that's one of the things that people are saying because it's like, well, what happened to those six hours? Right, right. Like, a lot of things that happen during six hours, you know. You know, you could tell somebody, but then there is a part when he's talking to the DAs. He says, "Oh, Brown approached me about mm-hmm. um, sentences and different alternative." And then that, and then the DA kind of like brushes that off right away. He's like, "Oh no, he redirects the questioning back to the case." Actually, but that would be a great transition to go into the uh, the confession tapes. Yeah, which there's, there's a lot on that confession yeah, tape. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things about this confession tape. It's something that we highly recommend you you look up. Uh, it's on YouTube. Um, so we'll put the we'll put a, a link or two up there about yeah. it. So we'll put watch. a link in the description so that way you're aware of it. But this, I think, it's very important to watch this so that you can have a better understanding of what occurred. Just because they were very interesting. Yeah. If anything, we'll pa- you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna pause. You should pause the podcast right now. We'll click on the link, mm-hmm. watch it, and then we're gonna talk about it so then you have a better perspective yeah. of what we're speaking right now. Yeah. We're gonna give you we're gonna give you a few seconds. Yeah. Okay. Thank well, you. Welcome back. Thank you for watching that video. We really appreciate it. And again, you don't have to watch the video, but if you did, you have a lot more content, a lot more a, insight on the content. You get a better perspective of what we're yeah. going to be talking about at the moment. Right. Um, so one thing about the about the confession that that shocked me right from the beginning was the language that the officers were using. Because the language, they were kind of, the language implied that they were kind of driving the narrative while Lewis was just following the the plot, you know. Yeah, it was a very. It felt kind of like almost like a Q and A. Right. Very shorthanded, but then like he'll say some stuff of a story, and then where they needed the story to be pushed. Right. It went that way, and almost seemed because there was moments he would seem very confused. There were a lot of moments where he was extremely confused. You can see it in his face. He was expressing that he wasn't understanding. What was going on? I mean, one thing that did kind of shock me also was that he did know some details that were a bit, um, I don't know, they were very specific in my opinion. I mean, the, I, f- I feel like those details, like those small ones where I felt like he knew the park. Right. Wasn't that, it's something that I feel like I could tell you about any park that I've been to. Like, I know, because they asked him, how does the park, were you on the path or right. the dirt? He's like, oh, no, it's high um, grass, which right. is uh, what, the, what that park has, and it's a dirt walk. He says he's been there a couple of times. Right. And we also have that cop from before that's on him around that area, so he probably has Yeah, he does know. Park. He definitely does know the area. He definitely does seem familiar with the area. Um, 
one thing that they also when that they kind of disturbing was like the way that he approached her that they were speaking about how the approach happened and he was yeah. he was inconsistent with the way that he approached her and it's obvious from from the beginning yeah because uh, i think he said he entered I, I i forget the entrance exactly but he came in through the other side and he was like at first he says oh we're running next to each other right next to each other and then he goes and says oh no 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 i we are we approach each other so right. he keeps like switching how the story starts and then how everything went on and then even i think it was uh when they were next to each other they even switched up yeah he switched up the way that so he even mentioned how how were they even when he at when he attacked her how he, he grabbed he, her when he grabbed her it was just he, it didn't make any sense like it, it, it wasn't adding up and even the way he described it just it didn't make any sense well because because i think well some people know Basically, he says they're walk, they're running next to each other, like they're side to side, mm -hmm. and then he says he grabs her kind of like and he makes a motion that he's trying to grab her from the waist. Yeah. And then, literally, no more than less, way less than a minute, he goes and says he grabs her from the shoulder area, like kind of like pull her down. Right. And but then he talks about that he punched her in the mouth. Right. And then he says he 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 punched her five times i yeah. believe you said and then but he also specific uh, specified that it took him five minutes to punch her five times which again it just doesn't make sense like th th i don't know it was just like the information that he was giving the officers was obviously now, i don't know if it was incorrect but it was it was odd and it didn't make any sense and it just didn't add up yeah because um so <clears throat> part of the things also that like, he talks about it they, they asked him to get into details right they asked him to talk about what she was wearing like um there's the, a point the where off her phone she, yeah he oh when they were coming in he said the the da the queen's ada asked um does she have a phone he says i don't know like he didn't see anything so he wasn't sure about that but then there's a point in, in there that he asks about the phone oh did you touch it and he's like uh yeah so like he doesn't know about the phone but then he does touch it but it's yeah. only when the da is kind of like pushing that question up there yeah again it's, a, it's, a, it's about that language that they were using where they were kind of driving the narrative and he was just agreeing to what they were saying yeah um towards the end of the interview you notice that he was starting getting to get very nervous um his answers started making less sense where he was saying that he took five hours to yeah, yeah. walk a few blocks and i think everything that we said before kind of pushed why he'll be one he hasn't been sleeping he right hasn't slept in over 11 hours from what we can tell right from what we understand he has a learning disability mm -hmm. he hasn't made contact with his parents he has been getting interviewed for about 11 hours we don't we, we actually don't know if he was eating anything so right you, you know at this point you might just be willing to say whatever they want just to get out of that situation. Right. You could so you could be more easily coerced by by these officers to to, you know, confess towards something, you know. Yeah. So that's where we can see the inconsistency maybe because mm -hmm. they want certain things being said and then he's switching back and forth because he just wants to please them and get the hell out. Cuz Also keep in mind he didn't oh, oh, when it comes to the coercion, he also didn't get those phone calls. He was trying to make a phone call that back how we mentioned earlier that he was trying to make those phone calls. He was denied those calls. Just adding to how he could have been coerced. But what, what were you saying? Yeah, no, no. That that does all make sense cuz mm -hmm. it's like you put everything together and then you have two people of authority talking to you and you don't even get to speak to the people that you know as authority, which is your parents. Right. So now he's in this weird dilemma where he just wants to go home. Exactly. So if you watch the video, there's points that he talks about the sexual assault part. Mm -hmm. The idea is like talking about, oh, did she have her pants like half? Uh, how were her pants? All the right. way down? Halfway down? He's like, nah. Uh, like he probably yeah, he was very confused about half that. Half down. So then he, and then he says, oh, what about her pants? He's like, I guess so too. 
Yeah. Almost like he doesn't know what like where is this going to. Then he talks about. <clears throat> um, he also mentions the placement of the body. He wasn't. He 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 didn't know if the body was how the body was placed, and yeah. it took how the officers kind of like. Oh, so was the body faced like down? And he or was like, uh, yeah. It was like was it was it down or up? And he would kind of just go along with it. For a long then, time, he was kept saying, "Oh, it's face up. The, the body's face up." And then he would just like say, "Oh." Uh, yeah, at one point he actually down. did say it was face up, and they kept saying it was face down, and then he just agreed that it was face down. And also one of the biggest problems, is also, if you notice, is what he talks about picking her up and pushing her in the bushes. At right. one point he says he picks her up from the back while using his yeah. hands. But then he goes like, oh, no. I, And then the DA talks about dragging her. Right. So then he puts them... The, he mentions that he dragged her through the ankles, but they kept implying that... Like, he, they kept pushing that he dragged her by, like, the hands. Yeah, and then that she was holding... You know, holding grass until the yeah. last minute. So it's it's a very forward leading, which is something that's not supposed to happen. And then also, you didn't give this kid a chance to really have a lawyer. Right, right. So, or at least his parental guidance, because if he has a disability, mm-hmm. you're pushing you're pushing this whole narrative on him that he doesn't even know how to defend himself. Exactly. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, gonna wrap this up. I would like to invite you to our next episode, our part two on this series. Um, we are gonna go into details on the trials and into uh, a few other things. We would like to also invite you to follow us on Instagram at Alternative Idiots. That is also our uh, name on iTunes, Google, and all major podcast platforms. But also, we want you guys to, you know, once you listen to this one throw your opinions out there send us some information whatever Definitely. you think if there's something we missed please let us know yeah and then we might might be thrown into the next podcast if you guys even have questions we might actually be starting to answer them directly yes. to you guys please so. again submit those questions to the alternative idiots i uh instagram as alternative idiots or we also have a twitter at follow the facts there will be a part two to this episode please join us next time uh we are happy to have you thank you for listening we will see you on part two Have a good day.